Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello everyone and a happy Monday to all of you and I hope you're doing great. I hope you had a great weekend. I can't believe we're already coming up on this Thursday is Thanksgiving and what a year this has gone by so quickly. But uh, in case I forget, happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there and all my listeners and thank you very much for being here. So I might have talked about this before, but I've seen some new studies and stuff, and I wanted to talk about what medication to avoid with peripheral neuropathy. Now, the big reason why I'm doing this is because for the last two weeks, I've been in some extreme pain, and, you know, I started taking gabapentin, and here I am, you know, I'm hydro hydro issues, you know, trying to avoid medications that might interfere with other medications I'm dealing with. So I wanted to go over this one more time. I asked for you guys to give me any ideas that you might have in regards to um, if you've ever had any uh, reaction to taking a new medication or just taking any medication that is um, something that interferes with your medication that you're taking right now. So that's what the topic is today. Um, I hope you find some um, answers out of what I found here, but also I wanted to let you know is that I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you to stop something just because there could be an interaction. This is something that you need to go and take up with your doctor to make sure that all the medications you're taking all work together as one and there's no issues. So let's get started here. Because there are so many readily available medications, including pain meds on the market today, It is no wonder that many people are conditioned to reach for a pill the moment they feel any pain or discomfort. For some, the pain doesn't even have to be that serious before they will take medication to treat. This can definitely be a temptation for those who experience symptoms of peripheral neuropathy. Who doesn't go out there and grab, you know, a pill when you you're in pain, you think, you know what, I need to find something because, you know, it's excruciating sometimes, especially the, you know, the pain I've had. And, you know, of course, you're going to go reach for something that's going to hopefully help. Now, in my case, what I did was I grabbed my TENS unit and that helped with my leg. It loosened it up. For some reason, my leg was like it was um, like I pulled the muscle and I just couldn't walk at all. And I finally got it loosened up with the tin, so that might be something you want to look into also if you don't have one. But here's the medications to avoid with peripheral neuropathy. 
There are some medications to avoid with peripheral neuropathy. Some medicines have shown that they can actually make the situation worse. Antibiotics, the FDA issued safety notification regarding some of the more popular antibiotics available to patients today. And these include the following. Cipro, Factive, Leviquin, Avlox, Norzin, and Ploxin. But the good news is, in many cases, a simple change of the dosage of these drugs can help reduce the symptoms of peripheral neuropathy. Even though medications should not always be the go-to treatment for peripheral neuropathy, some doctors may prescribe certain medications as part of a larger treatment strategy. In some people, these medications may cause nerve damage that results in a loss of sensation or movement in part of the body. Although uncomfortable and perhaps, perhaps painful, this condition is not life-threatening. Peripheral neuropathy will go, often go away if these drugs are changed or discontinued or if the dose is reduced. It can take several months for peripheral neuropathy to completely heal after discontinuing these drugs, but the patient may start to feel better within a few weeks. In extreme cases, however, like myself and probably many of you out there, the nerve damage may be permanent. So here's some more medications that may cause peripheral neuropathy. Anti-alcohol drugs, anti-convalescents, cancer medications, heart and blood pressure medications, infection fighting drugs, skin condition treatment drugs, and there's about three or four other ones that I really don't know how to pronounce, so I don't really want to get into that part of it. But there is a long list of other medications that I'm not exactly going to get into right now, but I will make sure it's posted on the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast uh, site. But there is one here, or a couple here, that I do want to say. And astrovestatin, which is liberatory, is one that I take, and that's for lowering the cholesterol. And you got Crestor, Leskol. So you've got some in here that are more familiar to me. And those are pretty much what they call the statin drugs. So here's uh, some symptoms and signs that um, you might want to look out for. But not all symptoms and signs may be present. Numbness, which you know that we already get that with peripheral neuropathy. Loss of sensation, tingling, abnormal sensations. Sensations usually first occur in the feet or hands, and then weakness. And I know a lot of us probably already have taken these tests, too, to evaluate, you know, what is wrong with us. But um, there's the physical examination, the neurological exam, nerve conduction tests, and blood tests. So some treatment and uh, therapy focused on treating the symptoms include medications causing the neuropathy may be stopped or altered, over-the-counter pain medication for mild pain, for severe pain, take over-the-counter pain meds and prescription drugs used for neuropathy on a regular basis rather than waiting until nighttime when symptoms can become more severe. And now these are treatments and therapy. Uh, Antidepressants uh, for pain control, 
take safety measures to compensate for loss of sensation. And then again, you want to go and ask your doctor about any changes that you feel that might be, um, you know, infecting your life. So those are things that you want to make sure you write down all your medications or take them to your doctor. So that way they can go over them. It's a lot easier if they seem uh, personally in front of them than uh, writing them on the list. So that was drug-induced peripheral neuropathy. So let's go on and talk about another topic, carpal tunnel syndrome, which I told you guys a couple months ago, yeah, about three or four months ago, I was diagnosed with that after having a, um, a nerve conduction a test done. So let's see what we got here for carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel syndrome is a localized peripheral neuropathy that affects the hands. At the base of the hand is a narrow place, narrow place between bones and ligaments where the median nerve and tendons are found. This area is called the carpal tunnel. When the median nerve, which runs from the forearm into the hand, becomes pressed, squeezed, or inflamed at the wrist, the results may be numbness, pain, and weakness in the hand and wrist and is frequently reaching up along the arm. Symptoms of carpal tunnel syndrome may increase gradually. Signs of carpal tunnel syndrome usually are first noticed at night. Common symptoms include burning, tingling, and numbness in the palm of the hand and along the fingers, especially the thumb, index, and middle finger. These feelings may intensify to the point where it becomes difficult to hold small objects or to make a fist. The pain associated with this condition can range from mild to severe. Carpal tunnel syndrome is typically the result of increased pressure on the median nerve and tendons in the carpal tunnel rather than problems with the nerve itself. This pressure may be resulting of arthritis thyroid disease, trauma, and injury to the wrist. CTS usually occurs in the adults between 40 and 60 years of age and is more common in women than men. In women, CTS may be caused by fluid retention due to pregnancy or menopause. Sometimes the exact cause of CTS cannot be identified. CTS sometimes may be caused by work-related repetitive activities that involve forceful or awkward movements of the wrist or fingers. However, a Mayo Clinic study back in June of 2001 found that the significant computer use defined as an average of six hours per day does not increase the risk of developing CTS. If identified and treated as early as possible, with underlying conditions such as diabetes or arthritis treated first, most people with CTS can relieve the pain and numbness and restore normal use of their wrists or hands. These are the symptoms and the signs. Not all copper tunnel syndrome symptoms are in signs may be present. In the hands and the fingers, you can feel numbness, loss of movement, Swelling, prickling, mild to severe pain may experience pain at night, decreased sensation, and decreased strength.
Other symptoms may include tendency to drop things, and that's the problem I have, and difficulty to manipulating small objects. So some tests and evaluations that can be done to find out if you have this is physical examination, again, neurological exam, electromyography, nerve conduction test, MRI, and x-ray. And some of the treatment therapies that you um, possibly could use to help identify and remove the um, correcting underlying cause of nerve, nerve dysfunction. Treatment options include vocational and occupational counseling, a wrist splint, over-the-counter pain meds. For severe pain, take over-the-counter pain meds and or prescription drugs used for peripheral neuropathy on a regular basis, rather than waiting until nighttime when symptoms can become more severe. You could have a carpal tunnel syndrome surgery, physical therapy to improve strength in the hand, and take safety measures to compensate for loss of sensation. So while we're talking about the medications that we should avoid, let me um, talk about one quick thing before I close here. Or actually, I have a couple of things to talk, talk about, but let's talk about pre-diabetic neuropathy, which I've never heard of before. I thought it was just plain not uh, diabetic neuropathy, but uh, it says right here, today's doctors are exploring a link be between pre-diabetes, also known as impaired glucose tolerance, and peripheral neuropathy. Approximately 10% of adults in America have what is being called pre-diabetes or borderline diabetes, a condition where the body has higher than normal blood levels or sugar levels, but not high enough to be diagnosed as true diabetes. If left untreated, people with pre-diabetes are at the risk of developing type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and nerve damage, which could result in peripheral neuropathy. Now, here's some of the symptoms and signs of pre-diabetes. People with IGT often have no symptoms. People who actually have diabetes and who, and who therefore are at greater risk of developing peripheral neuropathy often don't realize this because the symptoms of diabetes come on so gradually. Here's some of the symptoms for um, pre-diabetic symptoms. Frequent urination. Blurred vision, constant thirst, fatigue, frequent infections, cuts and bruises that heal slowly, tingling and numbness in the hands and feet. You know, when you talk about cuts, and I really never had no issue with this before until just recently, probably last month, I'm having an issue where it doesn't matter what I do to clean a cut or, or um, any deep gash that I may um, have, and notice, I put on Neosporin or I try hydrogen peroxide and it just does not do anything anymore. So I really just need to keep it from getting worse. And I just let it, have to let it heal on its own, which is, I know it's not the right thing to do, but there's nothing that can be done. I've tried everything. So that's what I've done. But in your feet and hands, this is the symptoms here for that pain, numbness, and tingling sensations. So here's some pre-diabetes treatments. Over-the-counter pain meds for mild pain. 
take safety measures to compensate for loss of sensation, and ask your doctor about special therapeutic shoes, which may be covered by Medicare and other insurances. And finally, the pre-diabetic neuropathy treatments are to lose weight, eat a balanced diet, exercise, and stop smoking. So I'll post all that information on the website. Now, I do want to talk about two things, some changes I made to my regimen. Remember I said that I was starting to take the Nuturna, the uh, Maximum Strength Neuropathy uh, Support Formula? Well, I had to stop. I started to have some stomach issues, and of course, me being the person I am, I always think if I take something new, there's something wrong with me, hypochondriac, but I stopped just for this, uh, for a short time. I want to start back on December 1st and try it again, because that was at the time I started my gabapentin too, so I just want to make sure that, and kind of rule it out to make sure that that's not the issue. Now, the other, other issue here is, for the last three or four days, I've been having a lot of pain, and the pain's been in areas that I usually don't have any pain, especially with my left leg, and it feels like it's just numb, or like you have a Charlie horse and it doesn't go away. That's what it's been feeling like. So I ended up buying some more hemp gummies, which I wanted to try a different brand. And this one has uh, 15,000, or like 15... Uh, milligrams in this um, container here. I never understand what the milligrams are on here, but if I was to read this, it looks like there's a 15 and six zeros in MG. So one thing I do want, I took one today and it does work. Um, you know, it says right here to take one or two gummies during the day or, or at night. And the thing I did was, and like I've always told everybody here, is always try one first and see how it affects you. Because it takes about 30 minutes to an hour for it to actually uh, get into your system to where you're going to feel something. But um, I do want to tell you, though, it made me sleepy. So, you know, if you can do without them at night or during the day, go ahead and uh, just wait until night to take it then if that's going to work out for you. But other than that, you know, the gummies taste good. Um, you know, the gum, the one that I got it from was, uh, a new company that's come out with their own brand. So, and I wanted to get one that had the highest uh, milligrams on it because I've had some before and they weren't that much, that high of a dose. And it just, you know, I went through the bag. There's only five in there and I went real quick and it just finished up. So this one, there's 60 gummies in this little jar here. And I got it on Amazon.com. There's no legal issues or anything like that. It's not hard to purchase on there, but, you know, that would be the place to go. And as I take those for the rest of this month and next month, I will let you know how they work. Now, again, this is one of those ones that are like a club. So don't join the club. Just get the one bottle that you need and start, that, start out that way. And then if you want to join you know, and get lower prices by doing that, then yeah, go right ahead. Now, I just posted on the uh, website, Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast on Facebook, that I gave you the differences between CBD and THC. And hopefully that helps you out to uh, decide which one you actually need 
to fix the issues that you're having because there's so many different issues and either product works differently on some and some it doesn't but i've also seen where people take both so you know that i wouldn't suggest but other than that you know try it and see if it's going to work for you i'm so glad i had this opportunity to make these podcasts for you and hopefully they're helping and make your life a little bit better but you know don't be afraid to go ask your doctor talk to them and tell them what works and what doesn't work and what you need to make it fix this issue that you're having right now with neuropathy but other than that you guys have a happy thanksgiving hope you have your family over and you guys enjoy each other's company and I will talk to you again next Monday as we as we continue this journey together dealing with neuropathy. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources such as product reviews that I have discussed today can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.